The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. So happy to be back. Back in 2021 and in 1984. We like living in the past, apparently. Yeah, so... uh, That's the basis for this podcast. It is. um, Which uh, you should follow us on social media because uh, this might be your first time listening to What Difference Does It Make. If it is, welcome. And to learn more, Holly, where, where can they find us? Well, you can go to our website where you can find all of our episodes at WDDIM Podcast. And you can check us out on Facebook because we post some really fun stuff. And that is uh, What Difference Does It Make Podcast or WDDIM Podcast on Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. You can find some behind the scenes stuff there. So check us out. And if you feel so inclined, we'd love a review. We really want to know what you like and don't like. So please, please, please let us know. Yes. Give a listen. Let us know what you think. As we did last year, back in that, whatever that year was, that that year that shall not be named, we talked about 1983 for the first part of the new year. And then we went into interviews and talked to, uh, talked with various people. And now we're going to, I think we're going to pretty much do this, this same format in 2021. Yeah. I, well, I really missed, I, well, I loved all our interviews and it, it turned out to be a really fun year in interviews for the What Differences It Make podcast. I kind of miss talking about uh, the pop culture and, and the music of K-Rock, uh, the rock of the 80s. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to getting back to that. As kind of a primer, we, we talk about the year and then we um, just what was going on in our lives and pop culture wise in 1984. And then we will look at the K-Rock 106.7 songs from that year and kind of uh, knock take them, apart. take them apart. Yeah, really take them apart, put them back together. 10 song chunks uh, per episode. Uh, and uh, that, that's kind of fun as well. And it should be uh, should be a great year because 1984 was spectacular. Yes, it was. It was spectacular in, in music, of course. But uh, it was kind of fun. This gave us the opportunity to look back at some like TV, other music that we might not talk about on a regular basis, and uh, some events that happened. And uh, yeah. so I was kind of really looking forward to talking about some of this stuff. Dare I say that 1984 was the greatest year ever in music? Go ahead. <sighs> Challenge me on that. Can't come up with okay. another year. Uh, we, no. What, we will. Will we? Hold on. Before you render a decision. Let's talk about 1984, and then you could say 
Dave, you're right. 1984 pretty much was the greatest year ever. Or, you know what? I really enjoyed the year 1999 when Korn was taking over and, uh, you know, that uh, that rap metal scene was uh, that was that was the peak. We had NSYNC. We had Korn. We had Limp Biscuit. We had the uh, destruction at Woodstock. Those were those were good times. Instead of 1984, when we had the Summer Olympics and Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie and uh, Band Aid and so much other stuff that happened. And so let's get into it. All right, before you render wait. your decision, don't wait, me. Come on. I'm not. I'm not rendering a decision. I will okay. not render a decision. Okay. But I am going to point out sunglasses at night. <laughs> Corey Hart, why, your why are we pointing out, that's the first song that comes to mind for 1984, Sunglasses at Night. <laughs> no, I actually had forgotten about the song, and I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm neutral on the song, but I'm not saying that it's, uh, it's not up in my favorites. So I'm so. confused already. Why did you even bring it up? We're talking about best of, and you brought out a mediocre song for you, which yeah, is a perfectly fine you talking, song. You were talking about my decision and how great 1984 is. Well, I agree it's great. I also wanted to point out the stuff that maybe we didn't love as much as Band-Aid or, or Two Tribes. All right. <laughs> First of all. How about, how about Missing You? How about John Wayne? Those were all beautiful songs. Okay. Great, great music. All right. Yeah, I'm neutral. <laughs> Uh, by, oh, so my job is to convince you that 1984 was the greatest year. All right. Okay. So first of all, let's start with January 2nd. All right. After okay. New Year's, um, this woman takes over a show as host of WLS's TV's AM Chicago show. Do we know who this woman is who took over and would, would soon launch a nationally syndicated show? And it all started oh, in the beginning of January 1984. That was Oprah Winfrey. Oh, Oprah, of course. Of and then she took over the world. Yes. This was her this was her entry. First in Chicago and then took over the world. You know who else started in 1984? TV uh, show host Alex Trebek. Alex All right. So, you know, TV is absolutely worth celebrating. You know what else debuted in uh, 1984 TV-wise? Uh, oh, TV-wise. <laughs> We're talking Miami Vice. ER, who's the boss? Murder, she wrote. Punky Brewster. Show? Well, we don't talk about the Cosby show. Yeah, but, you know, we are talking 1984, so we have to be. All right. Back in 1984, we love Bill Cosby. He's TV's dad. Now he's TV's creep. Or he's, a, <laughs> yeah, he's everybody's creep. He's everybody's Not creep. TV's creep. But back in the day, yeah. So that was a, that was a very good time, 1984. I, I know I wore shoes without socks. And uh, had my, my little uh, my jacket rolled up and, uh, you know, sunglasses and wore my floral clothes. Looked mighty fine, if I do say so myself. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> when 1984 actually started the menswear movement for, for women. So, like, blazers. Was that the shoulder pads? I love that stuff. Uh, there were still shoulder pads in, in 1984. Yeah. Like, blazers and, you know, like pleated pant like menswear which I okay really liked so kind of like the diane keaton look from uh, from annie hall yes, but that was annie hall but that was 77 i believe so it finally caught on worldwide she's, she's in 84 a, she was so kind of a it, it was an androgynous look and that uh might have been part of uh you know because of boy george and uh annie lennox 
these were these were artists that uh, kind of set the fashion trends. Yeah, a little androgynous look. A little bit later, and you're right. I, I, Annie Hall, being 1977, she was definitely a pilot way before her time. Oh, still is. And way off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We still, we still love Diane Keaton. She is a wackadoodle, but we still love her. (laughs) We do. She's a fabulous (laughs) actress, and she was. Don't, don't badmouth Diane. I will not. But wait a second. So I, sorry, I want to go back to TV because you You, were talking about all the shows, but we had some good shows that ended in 1984. Sorry, I'm taking you back. That's uh, fine. No, I, no, we're going all over the place. So you, I'm following you. Go ahead. Okay. Do Happy Days ended in 1984? Thankfully. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so, these yes. shows had their run, and they were. Uh, it was time to say goodbye. Well, Happy Days jumped the shark. They were original. They were the original. Yeah, <laughs> that was something. The Three's what? Company ended in 1984. Also, uh, remember the shows That's Incredible and Real People? I do. Those, yeah, that was real people. That was, those were the original reality shows. These were yeah. real people doing incredible things. That's incredibly real people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the top shows in 1984. You think you can name any of them? Um, You've already mentioned one of them. It was a debut show featuring uh, Rudy, Theo, Oh, the Cosby the, Show. Okay. So the top okay. shows in number uh, from 10 to 1. Number 10, Cagney and Lacey. Number 9, Knott's Landing. These nighttime so dramas. Nice. Yeah, these were huge. Murder, She Wrote, Angela Lansbury, Simon and Simon, The A-Team, Family Ties, 60 Minutes. Number 3 is The Cosby Show. Number 2 and number one are two nighttime dramas. Can you name either one of those? They both start with D's. No. Were they doctor or uh, were they medical dramas or no, these dramas? No, these were just rich people doing rich people things. Dynasty? Dynasty was number one. And number, <laughs> Dallas. And Dallas was number two. Yeah. yeah That's what that. people love. So back before we discovered how much we love CSI... And, uh, you know, all, the, all those shows, it was the nighttime soaps that took over. So, and also in looking at that list, do you notice there were only three networks? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. It's very fine. There's still some shows were still, like, as I look at the uh, 16 through 30, there were shows that I thought were long gone, but were still around. Like, uh, number 27 was Alice. And uh, <laughs> number 24 <laughs> is The Facts of Life. Oh, yeah. Number 19, The Jeffersons. Number 17, The Love Boat. Still going strong. How about that? The Love Boat. Yeah. Yeah, some other great, great shows. I mean, you know, if you love the A-Team, you were probably watching The Fall Guy. If you like Murder, She Wrote, you would love Scarecrow and Mrs. King. (laughs) Good stuff. Webster was also on there. Number 26, Adorable Emmanuel Lewis. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Doesn't get much better. Uh, Mac ran an ad only once. It's 1984 ad. Do you remember it? Oh, of course. I mean, it's talked about still to this day, I think. It was, yeah, just their introduction to the Macintosh computer, kind of a dystopian viewpoint. And, you know, it was 1984. So, you know, let's let's cash in on this, this book that everyone's yeah. talking about, which really didn't come into fruition until 2020. Yeah, and then it came in with a with a bang. Yeah, right. 
Oh, do you know who directed that, by the way, that commercial? No. That was Ridley Scott. So yeah, so you know which, which movies uh, Ridley Scott directed? Which kind of reflected on, uh, kind of made sense after looking at this dystopian view of the world from this Macintosh computer. Uh, he directed Alien and Blade Runner and, uh, and Gladiator. You know, he also did Thelma and Louise. He's been around and uh, kind of created a, a moment in 1984. You know, more recently, he directed The Martian. Very good. So, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's still directing. And uh, so speaking of sports, there was also uh, the, the Olympic Games in 1984 in Los Angeles. Did you go to anything? I did not go to anything. Did you? What? Uh, yes, I went to the opening ceremonies. I believe I, yeah, I think I saw a volleyball competition. I can't remember. I think that might've been it. I might've seen something else, but yeah, those were the two. Of course I remember the opening ceremonies. That was downtown at the sports arena, right? That was at the Coliseum. Coliseum, which is next door to the sports arena. Right. Because that was also the place of the 1932 Olympics. Yes. Yeah. That's why it was made. It was made for the Coliseum was built for the 1932 Olympics. And that I did not know. And still stands to this day. <laughs> the main thing I remember about the 1984 Olympics in preparation, we were warned about the traffic and how crazy the city was going to be, you know, how, how much more packed. Uh, and I, I don't really remember it. I, I think we were led to believe it was going to be worse than it was. Yes, everyone panicked, as one does, and everyone <laughs> left town. And we had the, the yeah. most perfect traffic ever. It was, uh, it was a wonderful time to, to drive the freeways. To drive of, in L.A. Yeah. If you had to pick one time, that would be the time to drive in. Well, actually, uh, 2020 would have been a good time, like March in 2020, late March. It's a good time to, to get somewhere you need to go. Yeah, we haven't seen those. Uh, those days are pretty much long gone. Traffic's actually bad. It's back to where it was. Not back to where it was, but still. No, not nearly where I, it was. Man, there's still people out there, I guess. But <laughs> uh, where the hell are they going? Uh, places. Hopefully, home. Go home. Can't go to the movies. Yeah. And that leads yeah. to my segue. What was the top oh, movie of 1984? Give me. Do tell. Go ahead. Go ahead. See if you can name some of the top movies from 1984. I'll give you a couple hints. One is now a, a TV show that's uh, debuting its third season soon because it's come oh. back. So what, what movie would that be? That would be The Karate Kid. Correct. Yes. That was number five. Made $90 million in 1984. That's uh, a lot of money for 1984. It is. It is. There's another one coming back. Yeah, uh, that's right. Elizabeth Shue, who's, who's in The Boys. Dystopian view of the world, just kind of a crazy view of the world, but in a funny and weird way. If you like Smashing Heads, you'll love the boys. So yes, that was one, or that was actually Karate Kid was number five. Number 10, Splash. You remember that? Oh, Hannah. Okay. Number nine, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, which I don't think I, I was not a Trekkie. I don't think I saw that one. I saw one and two and four. I can't remember. Four was the whale one. Four was, was the whale one. Yeah, it was like the, the Yeah. Well, it appealed to me. I saw that. Then we got uh, Romancing the Stone. Remember that? <laughs> Kirk, uh, Kirk Doug- Michael Douglas and, and Kathleen Kathleen Turner. Turner, who's got a deeper voice than me. She has the best voice. Yeah, she does. It's a good She's voice. Sexy. 
Okay, so then uh, Footloose. There was a remake of that. That was uh, which was still not as good as uh, as the original. You ever do your angry dance, Kevin Bacon, where he's he's frustrated and he goes into the the shed and, and does an angry dance. That was done in Flashdance as well, I think. Yeah, I still no, love I still love the angry dance. It's my favorite. Do you do one? <laughs> oh, all the time. I just get so frustrated. Go in the garage and do my angry dance. Just jump on the furniture and do flips, stuff. I yeah. think all my dancing looks angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you found the What Difference Does It Make podcast. We're going to take a break right now, and we'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Fire it up again. You've got the What Difference Does Make podcast. Uh, number six, Police Academy. The first of 58 Police Academy movies. <laughs> Good stuff. Number five with Karate Kid. Number four, Gremlins. Good movie. Gremlins. Number three, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Not a great movie, but still. Uh, number two, Ghostbusters. Great movie. Also coming back, there's going to be a Ghostbusters. I hopefully in the new year, we'll Another see. One? Yeah, um, yes. You have a lot of opinions. What the hell was the number one movie? Um, okay, it stars um, a guy from Saturday Night Live, and his sidekick, who was from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He was an outsider who came to a new city and took it over and turned it upside down with his unique ways of uh solving crimes he had a very funny laugh he put a banana in a tailpipe oh eddie murphy beverly hills cop there we go ah 
like pulling teeth with you. Uh, oh, I, that, those are some of my favorites. I, they, they don't hold up though well, do they? Oh, still, no, that, that holds up. I mean, for, for, for us, yeah, I'll laugh every time, but for our kids? But I don't kids, know. You think? I don't think so. What do they think of Eddie Murphy? I mean, he's Shrek. That's what, probably what your kids think of him. Exactly, yes. And yes, we have seen Shrek before you asked me. We've seen every Shrek 20 times. Okay, very good. Before you <laughs> accuse me of not showing my kids any oh, movies. Oh, well, I will. <laughs> uh, made $234 million. Pretty good. Yeah, Pretty good. A lot of money. They took all the money, considering that Karate Kid made... 90 million Beverly Hills like everyone saw Beverly Hills I think I saw it two or three times in the theater something like that how much would you pay for a movie in 1984 1984 I might have paid this is just the average price four dollars you would pay two dollars and fifty cents wow that was the average price so you might have paid a little bit more in In Los Los Angeles Angeles, usually you might have yeah we might have paid four bucks possibly and for but maybe for a matinee we would have paid like three twenty five, probably less. Yeah, it's good Can good you stuff. Imagine? Yeah, well now we pay. Uh, yeah, now we pay uh, ten. What what's Netflix like? 12, 12 bucks a month. Oh. <laughs> so okay, but think about this. So okay, nineteen eighty four. I was working in retail. I was working at Camp Beverly Hills. We were in college. Sure. Well, yeah, I know. In college, and I was making. I was making three thirty five. 335 then went up to 385 an hour and then i remember going up to 425 an hour nice and yeah right. we were paying that for a movie so oh, the yeah. movie was one hour's worth of work yeah i know well no they take out your taxes so you have to work two hours <laughs> to see a movie you're yeah. right and we At, loved our movie we would go to multiple movies in a weekend well they showed double features still i think back then i, I believe there are some funny. theaters that were yeah still showed double features yeah. Well, shout out to the Pepper Tree 3 in Northridge. That's where I used to see double features. Nice. Um, <laughs> do you know which one uh, best movie that year? Oh, no. Do tell. That was Amadeus. Oh, Amadeus. One of, one of my favorites. Best original song went to, this was in the movie Woman in Red. And I think it hit number one. And it's sung by. It's not Lady in Red. Woman in Red is the name of the is the name of the movie, not the name of the song. I know you're going to say Krista yeah. Berg, who sings Lady in Red, but this was uh, from the movie Woman in Red. I believe Gene Wilder was in it, and yes. it sung by Mr. Stevie Wonder, and I believe it went to number one, and it's the worst song ever. I can't even. You're gonna have to play a clip of it. <laughs> well, I can't play a clip of it, but uh, the song is called <laughs> "I Just Called to Say I Love You." Yes. Yeah. Although you say it's the worst song ever. I, I, I'm not a fan of the song either, but I think that that song has many fans. Probably, but no. <laughs> but not you among them. No. I mean, you saw the movie High Fidelity, didn't you? With uh, mm-hmm. John Cusack. Where yeah. they have the discussion of, you know, what, I can't remember what the actual genesis of the, of what, what they brought, why they brought it up. But, you know, a, a formerly great artist who makes, starts making mediocre songs like I just called to say I love you. Do you even recognize that as being something from Stevie Wonder? <laughs> it's not the Stevie Wonder I would listen to. Yeah. It was also a good year for, for movie music. There was a concert film. So there was Stop Making Sense, Talking Heads. That came out, I think, in October. It's still probably one of the, my uh, favorite concert films ever. Mm-hmm. 
really great. Also one of my favorite uh, films that I still reference. This is Spinal Tap. Came out in 84. Made uh, 4.7 million in 1984. But yeah, it's made a career for, uh, for those three guys. Uh, and much more money over the years, I would imagine. Yeah. It was also the year of Yentl. <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Yes. An award-winning movie, Rhinestone, with Dolly Parton and Sylvester Stallone. I say award-winning because Sylvester Stallone won a Razzie for worst performance. Let me guess. It was one of your favorite movies. No. Oh, no. I mean, you are a big Dolly fan. I am. But, you know, Sylvester Stallone is singing in this movie. I don't, I don't think I ever saw it. Probably for, the, for a good reason. There was also something weird that um, that happened. The movie Breaking, I'm sorry, the movie Breakin came out in May and grossed $36 million. Um, what came out in December of that year? A movie? Yes. Very good. <laughs> oh, it wasn't Die Hard, was it? No. Okay. Here's my Breakin came out in May of 1984. What came out in December of 1984? Break Into? Yes. The sequel, Electric Boogaloo. So, yeah. Oh, Break In. Break In. Yes. Not bre- Break In. Oh, yes. Break In, as in break dancing. Do, do we know the, the movie Break In? Is that Break no, In? No, I didn't. That's, <laughs> no, note the confused look on my oh, face. Oh, okay. So, yeah, those two movies, the sequel came out... Uh, Less than a year, year, seven months later. I should mention uh, that uh, after we record this, uh, uh, or that that yesterday, Shabadoo, who was in that movie, passed away yesterday. Um, do you know Shabadoo? Do you know, like, he was in The Lockers. The Lockers was a dance group that was uh, headed up by Tony Basil, and Fr- uh, Fred Rerun Barry was in it, and so was Shabadoo, who was in both Breakin' movies. And, hmm. uh, yeah, so, but... He passed away. He was in uh, Soul Train. They show uh, I saw Don Cornelius introduce Shabadoo or Deep Shabadoo. I can't do it, but yeah. but anyway, yeah. but yeah, Don Cornelius. But yeah, he's doing the the breaking moves, not an angry dance, but he was doing he was doing those uh, like you know it was kind of like a robot dancing that uh, that was so huge in '84 without spinning yeah, around. If you weren't running. spinning on the ground. You were doing robot moves, and that was also part of uh, Breaking, which I had no part of. I just could not do any of that. No, but I loved watching it. Yeah. Ah, all right. So, yeah. Shout out to Shabadoo. Yeah. 65. Oh. So, anyway, there were other great movies that uh, I'll, I'll mention before we move on. Uh, there was a, It was the year of Scarface, and, um, yes. and then some of my favorites, uh, 16 Candles, came out this yep. year. Johnny Dangerously, Bachelor Party, uh, The Natural, Revenge of the Nerds is a movie that has not aged well at all. Nope. It's, uh, yeah. The nerds are looking back on it. The nerds were the, were the bad people. They were the, I don't want to get into it, but they're, you know, they were, they were horrible people. The nerds. I, taking, I, I think I've blocked You don't remember? Movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just taking pictures of, of nude women and putting on uh, masks. There was like, you know, sexual abuse. It was terrible, yeah. but we looked at it as being funny back then. Because we did a lot of uh, sexual like stuff that we would never accept today. When you say sexual abuse, yeah, misogyny no. and and so much stuff that that so, we just we laughed at back then. Yeah, yeah, we did. I'm sure Bachelor Party was the same. I haven't seen Bachelor Party in a long time. I'm sure probably the same thing. But yeah. I remember loving loving that movie as well. 
Oh, okay, you mentioned which is probably why I won't watch it again. I just want to have good memories of that that movie. <laughs> you mentioned Johnny Dangerously with Michael Keaton. Yes. Was one of the only, might be the only movie I have ever walked out of in my entire life. I saw it in the theater and I actually walked out and I have never left a movie. Whoa. I'm so easily entertained. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I can't even remember what it was. But was yeah, it the, oh, so you don't, when I say Fargan Ice Hole, it doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah, well, yes, I know, but. Okay, it was this gangster, yeah, this gangster that had this accent, and I put your belts in a slink. Uh, I, I mean, they were just, doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> you walked out on it. Okay, well, I, I don't know if it, I mean, it wasn't a great movie. It's one of those, like, sometimes some comedies, like, you remember certain lines, and like, oh, my God, that was so funny, and then you watch it again, and going, oh, this was not a good movie, but. Didn't hold up. But, yeah. There's a lot more that happened in 1984. Oh, yeah, a lot more. Um, a lot. You know, there was an election that year. Was there? Yes. It was very close. Would you like to, you know, how we focus on the electoral votes and, you know, how important they are? Do you remember the electoral vote counts in 1984? It was Ronald Reagan against Walter Mondale. What, what was the what, what were the electoral votes? Okay, it was it was close because they yeah I mean they had to have a recount and everything because it, it really got down to the wire. Ronald Reagan had five hundred twenty five votes, electoral votes to Walter Mondale's thirteen. <laughs> Ronald Reagan won forty nine landslide. Yes, Ronald Reagan won forty nine states, and Walter Mondale won his home state barely and Washington Washington D.C. Yeah, you don't remember that. That was probably the first, that was the first election I voted in. How about you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was our first election because we were 19. I was 19. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was a landslide. I believe I voted for Reagan, which kind of plays out. I, you know, it's an 18 year old living at his parents' house and had no idea what, uh, how much a gallon of milk cost or how much we paid in rent or, you know, just didn't have any worries. Like, all right, it's fine. Life is good. Let's vote for Reagan. So that's what that's what I did, and I think that was the last time I voted Republican. Discussed it with your parents? No, no, I don't know who they voted for that year. Do you know what the average monthly rent was in 1984? Okay, so in 1984, we were uh, $600 a month. The average was 350 a month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How much would you pay for a gallon of gas? Oh, a dollar. Yeah, dollar ten. That was the average. Okay. Um, supposing you wanted to get uh, a truck, the Dodge Ram 50 truck, how much would you pay? I, I wouldn't. Okay. Zero. All right. So the Chrysler <laughs> New York, suppose a, a Chrysler New Yorker, or let's say you have, um, nope. no, all right. So you got, a um, your boyfriend pulls up in the Chevrolet <laughs> Corvette. It's Go. funny you mention that because in 1984, I met a guy in college who drove a yellow Corvette. Oh, yeah. I fell madly in love. Of course you did. Would, he, would I have paid for that back then? Well, he was a drug dealer, so he could have paid a lot of money for it. Okay. Um, Again, good. That all tracks. Corvette, Holly falls in love with him, drug dealer. Perfect. Yeah, that's, that pretty much sums up 1984. Okay. Yeah. And, and where Holly was at the time. Does the fact that we were in college negate any of those or balance out any of the other stuff? No, no, I mean, you were oblivious. We were learning. You're oblivious to everything. Head. Much like I voting, me voting for Reagan, just kind of 
you know, not, not aware of anything. You just assume that this guy has a great job and, uh, or, you know, you don't even think about why he can afford, um, a, an 84 Corvette, a yellow Corvette in 1984. How much did this, uh, this drug dealer, this, how much did your Scarface boyfriend pay for this? He was so cute. He looked like, of course he was, by the way, he had a a personalized license plate. Of course he did on that yellow Corvette, (sighs) but he paid, it said D R G D L R, right? (laughs) No, you really, I'll tell you, I want to know. Yes, of course I want to worse than that. (laughs) Was it it like, was it like pussy wagon or something? Not that bad. It was nasty guy. <laughs> it could have pretty much was pussy wagon. Okay. And by the way, I didn't know he was a drug dealer back when I had a mad crush on him. I only found out later. Where did you meet this man? Okay, but back to Where? how much a Corvette. No, I want to know more about him. Class. He went to college. my Spanish class in college. <laughs> yes. This is what I'm trying to tell you. He had to be legit because no, he, he was, was in at, college. At Northridge, so not that legit. Did he have a mustache? <laughs> did he have yeah. lot like he had a mullet, right? Of course he did. Yes, he did. It was kind I, of a modified mullet. I know what he looks like. On. Oh my god. Your poor parents. Did you ever introduce him to your parents? Anything about him. Of course not. No, I never even dated him. He didn't like me. Oh, <laughs> you had He was the reason. Okay. So this was 1983. And it was I was in at CSUN, California State University, Northridge. And at Christmas winter break, I actually bought my very first answering machine because I thought that he might, he asked for my phone number, my landline, and I thought he might call me. So I bought an answering machine, but I probably still stayed home the entirety of the break thinking that he might call me. And he never called you? No. He may have called once, but there was nothing to it. Okay. Uh, And of course, you've looked him up on Facebook to see where he is now. What's he, what's he doing? I have not looked him up. What? That's what Facebook is for. I, I, here I go. All right, here we go. Looking up our, our guy, our Corvette, uh, Scarface, nasty guy. I wonder if he's dead. I wonder if he's dead. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't think he lives in Fullerton. I wouldn't guess that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) The guy who lives in Fullerton with this name is wearing a cowboy hat. So I don't think that's him. I don't know. I mean, you know, some time has passed. Nope, because he's also celebrating his 41st anniversary. Wow, that could be him. Yeah. It's only dog pictures, though. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to do some research and maybe we can discuss this on the next episode. All right. There seem to be a lot of farmers with this name because here's one with a tractor. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to we're going to we're going to need to research this further. So stay tuned. This will be in an episode. All right. I know. You know what happened to my yellow Corvette hunk. I won't. Dylan lookalike from college. I won't let Steve know that you're looking up, uh, going through your past life and wondering whatever happened to. That's what you, that's, that was the first thing that I started doing when, you know, Facebook came out like, oh, where's this person? Where's that person? Like, oh. Did that. But, uh, you know, I think somebody might told me that he might have ended up in jail. Okay. So maybe if we know anybody in the prison system, we can we can have them look him up. Okay, <laughs> you can pick him. So yeah, I'm sure he had to sell the uh, the Corvette for uh, at one point oh. to to pay for what? Yeah, for to pay for bail. How much did he pay? So he paid in for 19- the Corvette. He paid. He paid in cash. 
<laughs> in a suitcase. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, $25,000. Yeah. Good guess. It was, uh, yeah. $24,000. Good, good times. <laughs> Love it. I know. Well, as Holly steps into the Corvette looking, uh, super fly fresh in her mini skirt and, uh, yeah, and no, puffy. Never, never got in. <laughs> oh, you never got never into, got the, into Corv- the Corvette. Probably for the best. Yeah. Thankfully. Oh, I don't know. Might oh, I don't know. Oh, regret. Regrets, huh? Regrets. I never got inside the Corvette. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, Holly's going to be, uh, well, Holly looks him up on Facebook and uh, or does a, does a deep dive into whatever happened to this guy. Uh, we should wrap up this episode so she can get to work. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm going to check the prison system first. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, wow, that was 1984 in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. Not quite a nutshell. Um, yeah. So I invite you uh, to continue listening because now we're going to dig into 1984 from KROQ. This is the station that Holly and I were listening to probably uh, full time. Uh, like whenever we oh, stepped into the car, whenever we were in our room, when we weren't spinning uh, records in our room, we were listening to the radio and uh, KROQ was there. And I cannot wait to start talking about these songs. I'm so, I'm waiting to look at the chart myself because I want to, I want to, uh, prolong the excitement <laughs> very good so anyway i uh, i invite you to uh to check this uh, that uh, out uh if you want to go back this, we that, d- the other thing this then the other thing if you want to go back in time even further we did this with 1983 82 81 and 80 not as a, not as in depth as we we've kind of developed this format <laughs> as we've moved along but uh, yeah, we're going to do 10 song chunks in this uh, these next episodes. We'll probably get some guests in there. We invite uh, you to comment on what you've heard, what you want to hear, what you have heard, what you think, any sort of uh, comment that comes into your head. How concerned you are for Holly, for, for a 19-year-old Holly who's, uh, who's still wondering what, what became of this uh, mustachio, the, the mustachio Lothario who drives the... 84, the yellow 84 Corvette. All right, so until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.